0: Well, here we are for June 29. And if you're watching this on the 29th, my wife and I will have been officially married now for um, 43 years. Very excited about that and very grateful for that as well. And we know some of you are on journeys with that um, have not been as blessed as ours and you've You've been hurt and you've been broken and we want you to know we love you we are so glad that we are a part of your life and we're here to love on you and help you on your journey so um get in touch with us at patrick at rsafeharbor.com if you want to become a member if you want to support us if you have a question if you have a challenge if you have a prayer request just reach out please do we're in acts chapter 13 at present and now the the focus is switched off of peter again and back on paul in a church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers Barnabas, Simeon, uh, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who'd been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, he'd made quite the journey, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they'd fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. <coughs> I've seen missionaries sent off in this manner many times. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues, and John was with them as their helper. When it says John was with them as their helper, please understand that that's not the Apostle John. That is John Mark, who is a... um, member of a very wealthy family with many properties in North Africa and in Judea. The um, the Church of North Africa looks upon him as really their founder, bringing the the church to them. So when you think of things such as a monastery there at St. Catherine's, where Tichendorf found slash stole the earliest manuscripts of Scripture to that date, those were all churches that were founded, uh, descended from, John Mark so that's who this is they were uh, okay they traveled through the whole island till they came to Paphos and there they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet called Bar Jesus who was an attendant of the proconsul that meant he was not only a false prophet and a sorcerer but he was in good with the local government local government would rule Cyprus as their own private fiefdom as long as they gave adequate um obeisance to rome the proconsul's name was sergius paulus the proconsul an intelligent man sent for barnabas and saul because he wanted to hear the word of god but Elamus, the sorcerer because that's what his name means opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith then saul who was also called paul all right you see the shifting is beginning filled with the holy spirit looked straight at Elamus and said You're a child of the devil and an enemy of all that is right. You're full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're gonna be blind, and for a time you'll be unable to see the light of the sun, and immediately mist and darkness came over him. He groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Now, for some people this seems a bit uh, presumptuous a, a little bit random no when great great evil is done good has to oppose it somehow uh, as well as much as I'm anti-war I'm not a pacifist because as C.S. Lewis but he's not a pacifist. he wasn't a pacifist either because it isn't heaven yet and there will be great evil that has to be opposed that said it is way too easy to oppose too much and to declare evil what god has not declared evil and i see religious people doing that all the time and i used to do it all the time i know how easy it is but paul was taking measures here which were measured and which were wise under the circumstances so from paphos paul and his companions sailed to perga and pamphylia where john left them to return to jerusalem We'll learn more about that later. From Perga, they went on to Basidia and Antioch. There were a lot of Antiochs, it's a popular name. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers sent word to them saying, brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. That's not unusual in a synagogue. Uh, You sat down to read and teach. You, uh, You would stand up sometimes to read and then sit down to teach. Uh, according to local customs I've been in churches where every time any verse is read everybody stands up I kind of like that but it's not a rule so and I'm not going to make a rule where God didn't at least I'm going to try not to but whenever a visitor came and Paul was known as a lawyer as a a Pharisee he had been on the Sanhedrin Uh, even after all this time people would have just looked at them and seen faithful Jews that were wise people and said would you like to speak to the people Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. But what's the motion with his hand mean? You remember the last chapter when Peter got out of prison and he motioned with their hand, his hand to be quiet? It's the same phrase. I had a feeling whenever they were asked, do you want to speak to the people, that some of the Jews there knew their fellow Jews as these new converts and troublemakers and... So they would have been going, no, you don't, you don't want that. And there, there probably was a bit of a disruption. So Paul pats it down and he goes, men of Israel and you Gentiles. Gentiles in the synagogue? Yeah, some would have been following along. Unusual before, not now. Listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt, and with mighty power, he led them out of that country. He endured their conduct. (laughs) What a phrase. For about 40 years in the desert, he overthrew seven nations in Canaan, and gave their land to his people as their inheritance, and all this took about 450 years. Now, I'm not gonna read his entire sermon just like I did with Stephen, because we need to get through the New Testament eventually. And you already know this, but read chapter 13 to see the sermon because he talks about how the witnesses write this down and how the books teach them their story and how the God-fearing message, uh, Jews are now opening up to the God-fearing Gentiles. And then verse 32, we tell you the good news. What God promised our fathers has been fulfilled for us, the Messiah had come. There, he fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus, as it is written in the second psalm: "You are my son; today I have become your father." The fact that God raised him from the dead, never to decay, is stated in these words, and he quotes again, but this time from Isaiah 55: "I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David." So it is stated elsewhere, Psalm 16: "You will not see your holy one; you will not let your holy one see decay." And then he talks about all this, you know, and what God has done and that there will be scoffers. And then verse 42, as Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. Notice not to continue in a pattern, not to continue in the liturgy and set of rules of behavior. No, it was to follow in the grace of God. You have been given grace. Now give grace to others. Grace is not really a church word only. It is in society, but um, a lot of people don't really understand it. Whenever you ask a church person what grace is, they will very often say unmerited favor which is an an awkward phrasing to most people who aren't church people. So what does it mean? It means treating others better than they deserve. God treats us better than we deserve, and he calls us to treat others better than they deserve. Out-love, out-kind, out-serve anyone in the room. Anyone on the way. Outlove love them, outkind kind them, treat them better than they deserve. Well, on the next Sabbath, almost a whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. But since you reject it and don't consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we'll give it to the Gentiles. That was a harsh thing paul was harsh early do you remember we watched in the books that he wrote and how he went from being exceptionally harsh in galatians to a lot nicer and easier in philippians and yes he had a different audience but you, you do definitely see a softening of paul's heart as you follow his life and here he's saying you know we had to, we had to preach to you first but since you don't want eternal life we'll give it to the gentiles for this is what the lord has commanded us I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. This comes out of Isaiah 49, verse six. When the Gentiles heard this, they were were glad and they were honored that the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for the life. Yeah, um, let me back up. They were glad and honored the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. It's a very interesting phrasing. God absolutely does have people he chooses to convert, to be brought. That doesn't mean others can't be. He says, whosoever will may come and he wasn't a liar, but there are people in the plans, you know, I, I fear and feel that I am one of those. And I say that with great hesitation because I've never considered myself a minister or pastor until the last few years, really. I've always been, no, I'm a scientist. No, I'm a guy that does this other stuff. I play guitar over here. I do science over there. But yeah, it seems that churches want me to speak, so I'll do that. And I've been the most reluctant minister that has ever walked the planet. And so I hesitate to say this, but I will say that every single time I tried to stop doing this and go do something I actually have degrees and qualifications for, God has shut doors and shoved me through this one. So I understand when David in chapter, uh, in Psalm 139 says, you've got one arm around me and the other arm on me and you are shoving me and steering me the direction you want me to go. It is a blessing to be chosen by God, but it also comes with a tendent lack of other options. And so I get that. I really do. So they were appointed. They were chosen. Let's go. The word of the Lord spread throughout the whole region, but the Jews incited, and remember when it says the Jews, that it's Jews against Jews here. It's not Jews are the bad guys, Gentiles are the good guys. And this is a civil war. It's a family fight. Uh, The Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing uh, and leading men of of the city, and they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. Well, um, wow. um, What do we do with this? First of all, noticed that the Jews that wanted to incite the city against them went to the real power centers, the women, because women did hold positions of great influence, and many of them controlled the flow of money. Uh, there are a variety of reasons for this. And then they incited the men to do uh, to join the outcry against them. And so they got kicked out of town. Uh, back then you could do that. And so Paul and Barnabas did this symbolic shaking the dust off of their, their feet. Um, there are other societies that don't do that, but instead will flick their clothes as a, or they'll, to show that they're, you know, I'm done. If you're listening on the podcast, you didn't get the video. That's that's a rubbing of the hands, a ritual, you know, knocking the stuff off of your hands that you're hearing. And so now in Iconium, what's gonna happen? Guess what, Ananias, back there at the conversion chapter of, of Saul of Tarsus, this is gonna be Paul's life. He is going to be persecuted by his own people the rest of his life, and then, they're going to ally with the Romans. So they come from the other side and the Romans will press to the point and eventually kill Paul. The Romans will kill him, but the Romans wouldn't have had their hands on him without his own people turning on him. This is sad, but this is the life Paul lived. Being called by God and being chosen by God does not mean there was going to be a lot of happiness, but there seemed to be joy. They talk about joy. Joy is different than happiness. Joy is based upon what you know and who you know. Happiness is based on happenstance. That's where we get the word. Happenstance, happening, happiness. Because this thing happened, I have this feeling. But joy is something which you can maintain regardless of what happens. It's It's a big concept. Well, at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. Now, why did they say Jewish synagogue? Because other people didn't have synagogues. Yes, they did. Because the word synagogue actually just means congregation, gathering. And so if they said they went to the gathering, you wouldn't know if they'd gone to a play or if they'd gone to hear a debate. So they have to say Jewish synagogue to explain what kind of place that Paul and Barnabas went to. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. You know, it doesn't happen as often as you used to, but it certainly happened um, a lot about me. Anytime that I'm going to go speak somewhere, if it's a church, I warn them that they're probably going to get letters and emails. And most, most of the time they don't, but sometimes they do. And there have been a couple of times where they actually had to hire security because they got, got some angry calls and some demands and such. And that, isn't that sad? Isn't it sad? Uh, that's rare, by the way. I don't want to overplay that. That's really rare. It's happened more than a handful of times, but that's all. Oh, uh, well, well, the letters, that's happened uh, scores and scores of times. But the hiring of security, that's, that doesn't have to happen much. And by the way, I don't have any great dramatic story of people, you know, lunging at me from the balcony. Uh, So most of, it seems that there's there's a lot of hot wind without much in a way of storm behind it. Um, So Paul, Barnabas, you know, the minds were poisoned against them, but they spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord and confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot amongst the Gentiles and Jews together with their leaders to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the good news. Once again, this is gonna be Paul's life. And yet, he kept writing, he kept speaking even under the most monstrous of uh, persecutions. In Lystra, verse 8 of chapter 14, there sat a man crippled in his feet who was lame from birth. He'd never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus. Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Uh, the, The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. Does this remind you of anything? just a week or so back, we're talking about Herod, and they said he has the voice of a God, and they were praising him, and he didn't stop it, and he fell down eaten with worms, the scripture says. That phrase, by the way, generally referred to something that would either do with an impacted bowel, and therefore you're writhing, you're worming, or with cancer of the bowel, once again, writhing and worming. We don't know. Um, It wasn't much of earthworms that mobbed him. Uh, He died with... Uh, eaten up by worms refers to the way his body was moving and they had different medical theories for that. So what are Paul and Barnabas gonna do? Because they have just been shoved up to the top of the panoply of gods right here. They got control of this place. Verse 14, when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes. That was a sign of mourning as if you were gonna die because getting new clothes was really, really, really hard to do. And so to tear your clothes was like, I don't need these anymore. I I am in mourning and I wish I was dead. They rushed out to the crowd. They didn't hesitate, shouting, men, why are you doing this? We too are only men, human like you. We're bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God (coughs) who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in it in the past he let all nations go their own way, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven, crops in our season. He provides you with plenty of food, it fills your hearts with joy. But even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Great story. Um, we've already really covered one aspect of it, but I want to just refer to the other. Jesus said that God makes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. God gives joy to those who have never heard his name. God has not abandoned them. Whenever the the Jews around him were uh, kind of rejoicing in their special status, Jesus agreed they had special status. But he also said, my God has sheep that are in other pastures. God's intention was never to save just a few. His intention is to save all. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Does that mean all will be saved? Not necessarily, but I think a whole lot more than we assume. And we'll probably do a series of sermons on that, but we're not in that sermon series at present at our Safe Harbor, but we do hope you tune in and please also subscribe. We really need to get more subscribers so we can keep doing what we're doing. Um, because it, there comes a level where money becomes a problem um, and where if we get more subscribers, maybe some will be able to share with us and that, that's, that's huge and it's important. So even if you can't give us anything, hit the subscribe button and the bell, that'll, that'll tickle us. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium where they used to be. These people followed them around causing them trouble and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up, went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. Um, Paul will later talk about, I know a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I know not, who ascended up and he's talking about himself and what we would today call a near-death experience. Very possibly he did die or have an experience like that. But he eventually came back to his body, and the rest of his life, he would suffer scars and marks from this kind of treatment, and from worse treatment that was coming. So he could write and write with honesty. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. He could just say, this is what it's done for me. And he'd even told people who were deciding, they just didn't know if they could fellowship with all these people. He looked at them and said you've not yet resisted unto blood in other words you're not trying that hard try harder let's take a look at the rest of chapter 14 today i want to save chapter 15 for next time they preached the good news in that city derby and won a large number of disciples then they returned the center of the trouble lystra iconium and Antio- antioch strengthening the disciples And encouraging them to remain true to the faith. Brothers and sisters, and those of you who aren't even my brothers and sisters yet, by your own choice, you choose not to be. Okay, because I'll wrap my arms around you and call you brother and sister. But if you're not ready there, okay. But here's the point I'm trying to make. Why would they go back into these cities? Because their fear wasn't greater than their faith. For a Christian, Fear is not an option, and love is not optional. Fear locks you in place. You've heard that when when stress occurs, you get a fight or flight response. Well, there are other responses. One is freeze, and far too many people, that's exactly what they do, they freeze. All of the training is forgotten fear locks them down others flee that fight or flight they flee even if they're not doing so physically as as a young man i can remember many times where i should have spoken up i should have stated my faith i should have moved forward and i didn't i stayed quiet out of fear and that's a shame god's forgiven me and, and i'm okay with that but i need to move on now and Here's a place that is very dangerous and Paul's still undoubtedly hurting, scarred. Um, He may have random infections from his cuts and bruises, but he goes right back in. You got to admire that. He says, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them. Elders here is... um, is a Jewish thing, which means older people who are solid, they know the teaching, they know the faith, they know how life works. So they're not a church board. They're more like village leaders, village elders that you go to for advice or that come to you when they see that you're struggling and they lend a hand. So they're not kings. They are very much like the Holy Spirit, a paraclete to draw alongside you to help you. We'll talk a lot more about that next week. Well, they, uh, they had prayer and fasting before they appointed them, committing them to the Lord in whom they'd put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they also came to Pamphylia. When they also preached the word in Perga, they went down to Adaliah. From Adaliah, they sailed back to Antioch, where they'd been committed to the grace of God for the work they'd now completed. By the way, That has been part of the safe Harbour model since day one. Since that Wednesday night in awful storms where YouTube went down nationwide backing up, but we had one tripod, one iPhone, and Misha and I were up on the stage to do a couple songs and then I talked to you. From that day, it has been our desire for me to preach my lessons, but to preach them from the road or to pre-record them and to continually travel to meet more and more of you. We cannot fund all that on our own. We have funded, and you, you don't hear about this, but we have put thousands of dollars into that already to send me out to different house churches. Um, whenever you get a certain number there, we don't have a certain number. It's, you know, if you have five in one place, that might be a lot. In others, it can be 50 and 60 when you add them together. <clears throat> and then I go and I visit each of them the best I can, and then go back. Price of petrol is more than doubled. Uh, airline tickets have done the same it's become difficult and so it is still part of our model that I spend the last years of my ministry life which I'm in to do this kind of travel constantly while the soundstage has the worship and they'll show the sermons from wherever I am or if they're pre-recorded and then we keep the model growing and growing and growing we've not been able to live up to that because of um COVID and because of also funds COVID is waning or at least our reaction to it is and so um if the funds come in we'll be able to do more of this but I'll do as much as I can okay because every time I read this stuff I get very jealous I want to get on the road and go On arriving there, this is uh, to Antioch, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he'd opened up the door of faith to the Gentiles and they stayed there a long time with the disciples. The trouble is brewing. Another family fight is coming. We're gonna reserve that to next week. You've noticed, I'm sure, that in the last couple months we've been trying to shorten these midweek Bible classes to just about a half hour instead of 45 minutes. I hope that's all right. I think we still pack in quite a bit and we're still moving through rather rapidly. Thank you for joining us on the journey. God bless you and I hope to see you next week and I hope eventually to see you where you live. Cheers.